Hello and welcome back to the Chris Ye podcast. I am Chris Ye with a special live recording with my good friend Pascal. Hey, good to be here. So, Pascal, uh, you have an accent that clearly tells us that you were not necessarily born here in Silicon Valley. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the circumstances that led you to coming here? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, you picked up the accent. Most people actually have an issue uh, kind of really figuring out what the accent is and uh, where it came from. So it's German. Yeah, so um, it's because they hear Pascal and they think it must yeah, be right, French. Exactly. And, exactly. and your last name, Finette, also sounds French. That is correct. Yeah, so I'm Franco-German. Like my great-great-grandparents were French. I grew up in Germany, um, married to Brit. Um, so that ended my stay in Germany when I was uh, 28 or so. Is that a requirement? When you marry a Brit, you can't stay in Germany? Yeah, absolutely. Anymore? You have to go to London. You have to live in London. <laughs> so I used to live in Berlin, um, which was a, and still is, of course, an incredible uh, tech hub in and of its own uh, right. Uh, then I stayed in London for a while. And uh, I always had this desire to be in the, in, in the U.S. In particular, I wanted to really be in Silicon Valley because, you know, I spent all my life in tech uh, and software. So uh, 10 years ago, we got uh, my wife and I got this incredible opportunity to, uh, 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 at the time, we worked both for Mozilla um, the Firefox web browser, of course, and um, they asked us uh, both if we were willing to relocate and uh, at an offsite in Silicon Valley. And uh, my wife and I, we just looked at each other, and within ten seconds, we were like, "Yeah, of course." And uh, my boss said, "Like, I know it's a really hard decision, and you need to take your time." And you know, and we're like, "No, no, we're coming." <laughs> and then six weeks later, literally six weeks later, I mean, those were the days where like visa were not quite as an issue yes. as it is today. Uh, but six weeks later, we were in Silicon Valley. So that's 10 years ago. That is fantastic. Now, I think that we met when you were at Google.org. Is that right? I believe so. We definitely met through, uh, I believe, Unreasonable, right? Originally? No. So we met originally at a Google. some sort of event oh, prior to Unreasonable. True. It might have been through David Weekly. Yes. I'm thinking it might be through David yeah, Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's and, right. But then, we, but then we saw each other again at Unreasonable in the old frat house. Oh my God, yes. So talk to me, how did you get involved in Unreasonable? Because this is going back like a decade or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Uh, so Unreasonable, um, uh, for those of you uh, for those of you on this podcast who don't know, Unreasonable is, is probably the world's best, and actually this is the world's best um, social good accelerator. And uh, I met the founder, um, uh, Daniel. Uh, who has been a guest on this podcast as oh, well. Oh, cool. Awesome. So you know the story then. So go back in history, in the podcast history, and listen to Daniel. He's amazing, amazing, amazing. One of, was it Forbes or Fortune's 50 most influential people in the world? Yes, exactly. Just I don't know which it was. It was probably both. I think it was for, um, anyway, (laughs) he's he's powerful. He's an incredible person. Um, So you should definitely check out his podcast. Anyway, so I uh, met Daniel when um, he and I spoke at SOCAP, which is a large conference here in Silicon Valley um, for what they call social capitalism. And um, I didn't know anything about Unreasonable. He was on stage before me. And unbeknownst to the organizers, he basically took his slot, went up there and said, okay, I'm from, you know, I'm Daniel from Unreasonable. We are a social good accelerator, but it's really not about me. It's about the entrepreneurs. So he pulls out of the audience an entrepreneur from his portfolio companies and basically has the entrepreneur pitch the audience. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. The organizers were freaking out because they thought like <laughs> Daniel does his thing there. Uh, so afterwards, I you know I met him and I was like, dude, like this was incredible. How can I help? And then he, he invited me to come out to to Boulder, Colorado, uh, to become a mentor. Um, and that's uh, where we then ended up in the uh, what they called the mansion, which turned out to be an actual frat house. Yeah, no, it's not a mansion; <laughs> it's a frat house. And I remember you were kind enough, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were kind enough to actually bring. 
bourbon with you. So here we were sitting in this <laughs> frat true. house, sipping bourbon and talking about how can we change the world. Yeah, the bourbon, I think, was at the time the only way we could both survive the frat house atmosphere. <laughs> um, and you're right. It was, a, it was a really incredible week we spent there. Now, I think it would be fun to share a little bit about sort of perspectives on unreasonable, just because it's been such mm -hmm. an important part of our lives. And it's why we're here together today. So what is it that keeps you coming back to unreasonable? Because you and Tom Chi are the other mentors that I always see. and I always look forward to seeing again. Yeah, I'm actually curious to hear your your reasoning as well. So please do uh, chime in here. Um, for me personally, I, I think what Unreasonable does is, um, uh, first of all, it's an incredible program and it attracts insane entrepreneurs doing really, really phenomenal things. Um, but most of all, it has heart. Like more than any other program I know in the world, and this comes really down to Daniel, his leadership and the extended leadership team over there. It's really about like getting good people together. Uh, doing really meaningful work, and it's such like it's such a uh, beautiful community that uh, it's infectious. You just want to come back. You want to be part of that, and um, yeah. So we, I guess, we all come back like year after year after year. Yeah, and I think that the way I always describe it is, I tell people that going to an unreasonable program is a way to fill the tank of the soul. Mm. We go through our everyday lives. There are so many things we have to deal with that cause us to have to draw down from that tank. And oftentimes, we're running practically on empty. And going to unreasonable and spending time with the amazing entrepreneurs is a way to fill that tank all the way back up to the top. And I think the secondary benefit is exactly what you said. It, I feel like Daniel and his team have created one of the most incredible cultures I've ever witnessed. If people ask me, hey, what company has a great culture? I tell them unreasonable group. And it's something you have to see in person to really understand. And I'm still just fascinated and trying to learn from it. Although I did learn some new things today. I didn't know, for example, that some of the principles had been taken from uh, my old buddy, George Kemble, and that some of the principles has actually come from Harvard Business School. I'm like, whoa, I had no idea Unreasonable had anything to learn from Harvard Business School. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and quite frankly, I mean, I see this even in my own world um, where, um, you know, I, I consider myself largely not as an original thinker. Um, and a lot of the work we're doing is really the recombination of existing stuff, right? Um, but there is some real magic in the curation and in bringing it together and in the delivery. So, I, I you know, to Daniel's credit, like he just gives attribution and where attribution is due and just creates insanely good programs. Yeah. Now, you are familiar with programs because mm. in addition to being a mentor at Unreasonable, you've been involved with a lot of other things, including very famously Singularity University. So what are the things you're really excited about these days? What are the things that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, it's fascinating. So I think, um, uh, so my background really is in tech, right? So I, I, when I put my technocratic hoodie on, <laughs> I, I, I get really excited about the fact that for the first time in human history, we now have a situation where individuals and small communities have the same innovation power as large companies and even governments. And it's changing the, like, it's literally changing the face of this planet. Um, and if we infuse consciousness and and like a res the social responsibility in those entrepreneurs i believe that I, we see it with the un unreasonable entrepreneurs they're going to change the world right for the better and i think it's like of course today it's so important that this is happening so i get really excited about this um looking at a couple of the breakthroughs we're seeing currently unfolding in front of us i mean i don't really need to talk anything anymore about ai of course mm -hmm. but 
Um, when you look at the breakthroughs we're currently seeing in genetics, um, particularly um, uh, the enormously dropping price for genetic sequencing, which soon will be so cheap that you don't even think about it anymore, um, as well as the, the breakthroughs we're having with uh, CRISPR, particularly CRISPR-Cas9 in terms of reprogramming DNA, um, it, it'll really open up a whole new era for for mankind or humankind. Yeah. And that's why things like unreasonable, things that place an emphasis on heart are so mm. important. We have these incredible technologies. They have exponential impact. They're literally reshaping the world around us. And it's really important that we find ways to make sure that the entrepreneurs, the people who are wielding these incredible tools have a sense of responsibility, have a sense of what they're doing, are intentional about what they're trying to do with the world. Yeah, 100% agree. Now, in addition to all that, there are many different ways that people draw upon your wisdom. Now, if somebody is not lucky enough to be at an unreasonable event, what are different ways that they can learn from the wisdom of Pascal? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the wisdom part. Uh, but if people want to learn anything about me and the work we're doing, and uh, so we have a philosophy which probably is, is really driven by uh, the long time I spent at Mozilla, which is an open source organization. So we basically give away everything, like pretty much everything we do. Um, and by we, you mean? So we meaning um, this is mostly like myself and my wife. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm uh, living in this really interesting symbiotic relationship where I have a beautiful wife and uh, a wonderful relationship, but we're also amazing business partners. So we basically built everything together. We've built four companies together. It's a pretty crazy story. Um, so uh, I write a, I wanted to say semi-daily. It's at the moment because my travel schedule is pretty wild, uh, not quite as, uh, quite as uh, punctual, uh, but I write a newsletter, which I think a lot of people enjoy. It's called The Heretic. Um, you'll find it at theheretic.org. Um, you can also check out uh, all the work we're doing. Uh, we're currently writing a pretty major book on the future of business and uh, what the future of business and business models look like. All the research for that we are making public on our, our company website, which is uh, b-radical.today. Uh, so b-radical.today. Um, uh, we share all of that stuff there. Uh, you can see a ton of like YouTube videos of me being on stage talking about the exponential change we're seeing in the world. So lots and lots of stuff. The easiest way, by the way, and this is uh, the beauty of my name, um, the easiest way to find me is literally if you Google Pascal Finette, there is not a single other person on this planet uh, which has that name. That's so remarkable. I own Google for once. I own Google. So that is just fantastic. Well, make sure they spell it correctly. How do they <laughs> spell your name? So it's P-A-S-C-A-L, and then the last name is Finette, F-I-N-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. So Google will find me. Fantastic. Well, you heard it here first, everyone. Pascal Finette, my old friend, somebody who is doing just tremendous work in the world, affecting some of the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. Definitely follow him. Listen for more updates. I'm sure this won't be the last podcast we record together. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you like this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share wherever you happen to be listening to it. Tell your friends about it. Tell them about Pascal and his incredible work. And I'll be looking forward to bringing more great guests to you soon. Thanks a lot.